This podcast is a part of the Podmania Podcasting Network. Check out podmania.co.uk to check out more of our great podcasts, features, reviews, match ratings and previews spanning the crazy and diverse world of professional wrestling. What's up everybody and welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Jonas. This is episode 109 and today's a special interview uh, episode where we've got uh, a superstar from Coastal Championship Wrestling with us uh, on the line so can't wait to uh, speak to our guest for this interview episode of Wrestling with Jonas. But before we do that I'm going to encourage you all to check out our brand new website wrestlingwithjonas.com we can see our full archive of podcasts, our full uh, selection of interviews that we've been doing over the last couple of years. Uh, there's uh, links to all of our social media pages, uh, to our merchandise, and so much more. So please go and check it out. That's wrestlingwithjonas.com. Uh, you won't be disappointed. It's Wrestling with Jonas all in one place. But uh, I'd like to introduce our uh, our very next guest. So uh, he's one of the brightest stars coming out of Coastal Championship Wrestling in Florida right now. He's one half of the current CCW Tag Team Champions. He's been described as the future of this business. He's the king of flight. I want to introduce to you Mr. Will Austin. So, Will, good afternoon. How are you, sir? Pretty good. How about yourself? Thank you for having me. No, you're very welcome. I'm awesome and even better to be speaking to you. So just a couple of things I want to touch on uh, before we get into kind of your, your history as a wrestler. Uh, your next match, Will, is actually for CCW um, and it's their big Sweet 16 show. So it's their 16th anniversary show. They're calling it Sweet 16 and it's on March the 7th at the Coral Spring Charter School. So you'll be fighting in a fatal five-way match uh, up against El Jefe Santos, Super Crazy. Bugs Moran and uh, Pharaoh Johnson. So this is going to be a really incredible show. Obviously, uh, CCW's anniversary shows are always very, very special. But this match, the five-way match that you're going to be involved in, looks like it could steal the show. So uh, tell us a little bit about this match and kind of uh, uh, how you're preparing for this five-way on Saturday. Well, again, it is the 16-year anniversary. And I've only been around for a little bit under the last two years. But since the day I debuted in CCW, I've taken it by storm easily. Not even being cocky, it's, I, I feel I'm the wrestler that can bring wrestlers who's not as good as me up to another level. And I take pride in that. Now, this match on Saturday, actually, March 7th, I uh, have, again, ECW legend, super crazy, who I grew up watching with the Mexicals. I remember him in Psychosis and Hoovy. Um, we also got El Jefe Santos, me and him. He, he was, at one point, the face of Coastal Championship Wrestling. Now, I, a lot of people say I don't like to – I like to let other people say my praises for me, that he passed the torch to me. He took a step down because he took a, a personal direction job out of wrestling out of Florida. So he's no longer consistently with us on every single show. Um, so everyone says that he passed the torch down to me because now I, I feel I am the face of CCW. Yeah. You know, and then you got it's like two a hell other – then you got Carry two on. other um, two other up-and-comers. You got this at the school of our CCW training facility in Fort Lauderdale. You have Farrell Johnson, who 
a lot of people don't know they, you know, he does this black power or whatever maybe gimmick that a lot of people don't know he's very accomplished amateur wrestler in high school. And if you see, we we do a lot of back and forth amateur wrestling. If you ever seen one of mine and Pharaoh Johnson's matches, and he can go, I give you that. Now this other one, Bugs Moran, does this uh, a homeless gimmick, a hobo prince that don't don't let the uh, homelessness fool you. He he's almost. I wouldn't say he's up there with me, but he's almost as fearless and as high flying as take chances as me. Yeah, so a real a mix of talent in this match, and like you say, some homegrown talent, some uh, experienced talent in, in the form of uh, Super Crazy, and of course yourself that's uh, coming on leaps and bounds. But uh, let's go all the way back to well, when you first started. Oh, sorry, car- carry on. Well. You, you carry on. This is your interview. Carry on, Will. I do have some breaking news that it will ah. be. It will be for Pharaoh Johnson's CCW Southeastern Championship in the Fatal Five Way. Even better. Even better. So that's going to be fantastic. And that's another reason to tune in on Saturday or to be there live in person. But uh, let, let's skip all the way back to your kind of early fandom as a, as a professional wrestling fan, then, Will. So um, have you been a lifelong professional wrestling fan? Kind of take us back to when you first uh, kind of caught a glimpse of professional wrestling and some of the memories you have uh, when you first came across pro wrestling as a fan, then, Will. Oh, I've, of course. I've been a lifelong pro wrestling fan. Um from since I can remember that, you know, I remember back in 2004, back in 2005, when everyone is in the WWE bubble, I remember distinctly for some reason watching AJ Styles and TNA and the old TNA, the six sided ring TNA. And it was just, I just drew to that. Um, I still watch Kepo with WWE. Um, my favorite course was John Cena because I am one of the younger wrestlers here that I almost said born in almost 2000s, at the end of 95. So I caught all of John Cena's rap gimmick all the way through the the decade of Cena. Um, but it was just something, like, of course, people would say Rey Mysterio, but something about AJ Styles, the way he would fly around the ring, his high high flying, that that would influence me more than I would say Rey Mysterio. But Rey Mysterio is definitely influenced with the uh, the size difference because, again, if you see the people I wrestle, like El Jefe Santos, I wrestled him a couple times, the size difference is distinct. So I had to fly around just to match up with him a little bit better yeah and um what sort of wrestling uh do you catch up with nowadays uh do you watch on the tv on a weekly basis or or do you like to go and see uh live wrestling when you're not in action but what what type of pro wrestling do you like to watch that, that kind of really gets you going nowadays as a fan now nowadays uh, there's a lot of independent wrestling now that i'm on the indie scene it's a lot of independent wrestling and it's more i enjoy that it's more known now that there is something else outside of the WWE bubble, outside of the Impact bubble, that um, I will go to different indie shows and help set up the ring. Even if I'm not working it, I used to do that in the beginning and just watching the independent wrestling, seeing the guys you're coming up with, just want them to succeed just as much as you. It's actually more entertaining and you get more ideas that you can bounce off the, uh, these wrestlers that are trying to come up with you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so the indie scene around Florida is really vibrant at the moment. There's so many uh, indie groups and, you know, there's so much action and you're a big part of that, Will. But uh, I mean, tell us a little bit about the indie scene around Florida, because it's not just about CCW, is it? It's not. You have uh, distinctly in Tampa and Orlando, which is where WrestleMania is in this year in Tampa. You have a lot of wrestling schools always competing with each other. With them competing with each other, they're always throwing shows. There's probably a show in Orlando and Tampa like every other week. 
Um, my, my school, Coastal Championship Wrestling in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, is the premier in South Florida, I would say, not even being biased because I've been to other shows. No one draws like we do. No one brings in the names that we do. Um, and we, we run shows easily at least once, twice a month, and we do our big shows. And when we do our big shows, we can take a couple months off to let everybody else catch up because we draw and we put on a hell of a show like that. And, and CCW has got uh, quite a big uh, history within the Florida area. Like I say, it's been going for nearly 16 years, uh, but it does draw a lot of big names through uh, through that market town. But we'll talk more about the big names a little bit later on, Will. Uh, before we touch on your wrestling career, though, um, and, and I, we spoke about this very briefly off air, but if you look through your Instagram page, there's lots of photos of you uh, in your kind of high school American football gear. Now, uh, I, I call it American football. You probably call it football. Um, the, the, the football that you that, that, that I might be referring to, you call as soccer. But I'm referring to uh, American football, of course. So um, tell us about your, your kind of high school football career. And uh, did, did you do it at a college level? And is it something you wanted to take seriously when you were kind of at that age? Uh, high school, I had a ton of fun. I would actually contribute because I a lot of people do not know I grew up without a uh, father. My mother was a single mother. She raised me and her sons and, you know, she played the role of my mom and my dad. So when I got into high school, started playing football, I developed a brotherhood with all the some of the different players that I still keep in contact, contact to this day. And the coaches, some of the coaches became father figures to me that I never had growing up. So I would attribute, I would, I owe everything to football, even if I am no longer playing it, that I can take that away, the friendships, the mentorships or whatever it may be. Now, I didn't go exactly to the college level. Um, I, I, I had, it was just commitment at the wrong time, whatever it may be. Um, I stayed local for college, didn't have, didn't really have a college football team, so I ended up playing semi-pro. Semi-pro was, uh, it was good and bad experiences, but uh, I can mostly attribute it to I getting burnt out of football. I altogether, semi-pro was probably the thing that was like, okay, I'm done with football, what's next? Yeah, yeah. And sticking on the, the football theme or the American football theme, have you kind of caught any of the XFL yet, Will? And if so, what are your thoughts on it so far? <laughs> oh, yes, I have. Um, it's something different. I enjoy it. All. Honestly, I enjoy it more than NFL right now. It's something different that you get to play through whistles and stuff. It's just it's a whole nother league that's it's like a new like AEW when it popped up. Somebody needed something different. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. Yeah, I, I heard that it's getting some good uh, good ratings over in the States and uh, it's getting a lot of interest and it is creating that alternative, uh, like you say, in comparison to AEW. But uh, uh, that's really cool to hear that you're watching it and that you're enjoying it. And, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, awesome. So, so we go from your kind of American football career in high school to when you first kind of decided to want to become a professional wrestler. Then. So tell me about when you first became or first became interested in wanting to start your training uh what kind of sparked that desire to be a pro wrestler uh, back in the early days and will it was of course you know growing up every kid who watches wrestling oh i want to go and be a professional wrestler but you have to go to school you have to take a different route so it was just again when i got burned out of football it's like again what's next and i was about 2021 20, I would say at that time and it's just like I'm athletically gifted I think to myself of being able to keep up with football and this and that that I think I could actually have a chance of even just starting 
I could do like something real simple. And if I quit, which I probably wouldn't have, because I'm, if you know me through high school or whatever it is, that once I'm dedicated to something, I'm going to stick with it in the long run. Um, but it's one of the things is like, I felt like athletically I can go and I was evolving into wrestling. You didn't really need a character as much nowadays. It's all about, I want to say it's all about athleticism, but it's a big part of it. And it's like, I felt I was at that level that it's like, Oh, you want to grow up and be a wrestler. And now you're at the age and you can actually act on your own to be the wrestler. And this is actually, you're actually able to do it yourself, which is crazy. Yeah. And, and uh, did you know about the CCW's training facility when you first wanted to break in? Or how did you kind of come across a training school to start off with so that you could begin your career as a pro wrestler? It's one of those, um, you just do your own research. Um, I did not know about it. Again, it's been around for now 16 years and I haven't known about it since I two years. So 14 years, I didn't know about it. Um, and, you know, there's a couple other schools that, you know, come up, but, you know, some are here, some are there and you don't know the head trainers. Now, Honestly, Pablo Marquez, my head trainer at my school, I didn't know who it was exactly when I first was researching this and that. And I'm, the day I met him, I didn't know it was the head trainer, but he welcomed me like with open arms like I was his own son. And that right away is like, this is where I need to be. Yeah. And uh, have you always trained at the, uh, the CCW training facility? Since I started, yes. Ah, and... Uh, the, the training facility in itself is it's a very valuable place for up-and-coming wrestlers, isn't it, in the Florida area. And it's great to see, you know, to, for CCW to have their own training school where they can bring through their own talents. But to, how important has the CCW Pro Wrestling Training Facility been to you in particular? Oh, the CCW Training Facility has put me on the map as a wrestler. Um, I was actually at practice last night and my coach was preaching and you earn your spots there, which is true from day one. He's seen me grow. Um, another wrestler who I wrestled with who actually just broke his neck. Um, but again, he's grown leaps and bounds. We came in together. We've earned our spots. And he's told us, he's like, you're like my son's growing up in front of my eyes that you've come in here for day one. I seen you take your first bump. And now you're wrestling like on my main events every show. And it's yeah, been yeah. the most, I can't even describe, like I'm, I'm beyond grateful for it that he's took, took me in, never gave up on me and treated me like family from day one. And uh, going back to your, your Instagram page, there's a, there's a lot of clips and uh, photos on you on there of you being a natural athlete, you know, whether it be with football or other sports. How much did that kind of play into your uh, your, your kind of speedy kind of rise through the ranks uh, at CCW? You know, having that kind of natural sporting ability must have helped you uh, in your pro wrestling career. Oh, I think it helps me leaps and bounds. And especially nowadays, if you go on indie any independent wrestling or anything like that if someone who's just coming up i feel like these some of these wrestlers are afraid to either bump like get off their feet or do a leapfrog jump in the air and it's to me because me growing up playing football they made us work out they made us do plyometrics they made us do this even when you didn't want to that i knew it was going to help in the long run i didn't know it was going to help with wrestling but again nowadays i feel all the fans want to see is something crazy something exciting something they haven't seen before and i feel like that's what i bring right now Absolutely. 
So then uh, you, you were training for a little while at the training facility. Then you made your debut uh, in the summer of 2018. So I think it was around July of 2018. So you've not even been a pro wrestler or kind of uh, for more than a couple of years uh, as we speak to this day. But one of your first batches, Will, was in a six-man tag when you teamed with Striker Ramirez and Johnny Walker. You took on Carlito, Vince Steele, and uh, wrestling with John's favourite Cha-Cha Charlie, of course. Now, how, how was that experience to be in the ring with so many great wrestlers, including Charlie, of course, and former WWE superstar Carlito? That must have been a hell of a buzz for you when you were literally just getting started. Oh, it's one of them things like you get starstruck real quick, but you have to act like you've been there before. You act like I'm on the inside. I'm smiling ear to ear, grinning because I'm in a ring with Carlito. <laughs> but I watched Spit of Apple and John Cena's face on his debut, and now I'm across the ring from him. So you, you know, of course, on the inside you're all giddy, but you have to act like you've been there before. Because especially me coming from football, I've had NFL players come train with us sometimes. So kind of like you know, getting to meet them or whatever. So not not getting starstruck off of superstars like that. But again, it's Carlito, so it's. It was, it was amazing. Plus, being across the ring from Chacha, who can get a crowd like no one else. All he has to do is just shake his hips a couple of times. And... Oh, oh, yeah. Chacha is the man. He is the man. <laughs> but uh, excellent. So that must have been a really special experience for you. And uh, that was one of your first matches. But uh, how, how, how did you get used to the bumping and kind of, you know, uh, kind of the, the punishment that your body takes, especially when you were starting it? You're probably much more used to it now. But did, did you take uh, a lot of punishment to start off with and, and how did your body kind of uh, get used to the bumps and the, the general grind of being a pro wrestler back in the early days then, Will? Because, um, again, I come from a contact sport, so I love the contact, um, but bumping is something different. You're throwing your body at the ground and I remember some of the wrestlers when I first came in, because, again, I came from football, I thought I was the man athletically, that they were like, oh, you took your first couple bumps and you were cocky about it, which was no big deal but i would go home hurting sore off of like two three bumps my first day i remember that he didn't he didn't want to scare me off my coach pablo but um you get used to it like i would say about a week over time you know you just get those bumps to get start getting used to it get into flow get in your own rhythm and um you it's you take a bump nowadays and it's like yeah you feel it but it's much later yeah, yeah. Your, your body kind of uh, gets used to the bumping and uh, becomes second nature. But uh, let's touch on your nickname, Ben. So your nickname in uh, pro wrestling is the King of Flight. So uh, and, and anybody that's seen you in the ring uh, will have seen you execute some awesome high-flying moves, uh, such as you know, you're know you infamous for your top rope Spanish fly, your 450 <laughs> splashes. How do you even attempt to start these moves for the first time? How, how do you kind of have the courage or... You know, where, where do you start to kind of execute a move like a Spanish flow off the top road pour of 450? You know, talk us through that process of, of kind of starting them high-flying moves that you're uh, quite famous for nowadays and will. Oh, it's, it's one of them things like you just, like my coach says, you just got to go, brother. You got to go, daddy. It's uh, You got to have no fear. That Spanish fly me and Santos did honestly was the first time we've ever tried it, first time we've ever even thought of it. That day I was like, that's what I want to do. I think that'll be cool. And it was never, it was no practicing. It was no rehearsing the, oh, let's do the Spanish fly. Cause that bump, even taking it once, like you would know, you take it once, you're like, yeah, we're not going to do that again. So that was honestly the first time the 450 was now that it become a staple is, um, that was actually, I did it the first time in a ladder match with El Jefe Santos and uh, Jake St. Patrick just threw it in there mid match. Um, 
again, because of Iowa training facility, we moved around uh, warehouses a couple times, so the, the ceiling was kind of a little bit lower, so I can't really jump off the top. Um, so, again, that's one of them show days things. Like, you just got to go. Like, you have to have no fear. If you mess up, roll with the punches, you know, going to happen. Yeah. But, any other kind of high-flying moves that you're looking to add to your arsenal uh, anytime soon, then, Will? Kind of in any moves that you've been practicing that you're kind of going to be uh, 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 thrown out onto your opponents fairly soon? Um, I got a couple of things in the works. I don't want to spoil anything. Uh, okay. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I want to break something out on Saturday that's going to uh, give the fans a show again. That would be pretty awesome if you break out a new move, most definitely. So we spoke a bit about your high-flying style, but uh, uh, we spoke earlier at the top of the interview about AJ Styles and Rey Mysterio being very important, quite quite influential wrestlers back in your kind of your fandom when when you were kind of uh, loving wrestling as a fan. But uh, who would you say has influenced your wrestling style um, more than anybody? Who are your kind of wrestling heroes that have really influenced you? What uh, would you say? You know, it's changed over the years. I've had, again, Cena growing up that his just persona, but, you know, he didn't do much move-wise. But you never caught it because you've seen the persona the whole time. Um, I would say Cena over the years, but now definitely Finn Balor, Johnny Gargano, more of them, that style that I, even nowadays, um, that's what people ask me, like, oh, what kind of wrestling do you watch? I really don't watch wrestling as much anymore unless it's my match. It's just to go, just to watch him back. Or I'll watch like highlights of Will Ospreay just to get ideas. It's right now he's probably like up there top like level wise. Yeah, I can definitely see Will Ospreay in your kind of uh, wrestling style. So uh, definitely a, a good kind of uh, awesome professional wrestler to kind of uh, follow your path on. But uh, let's talk about uh, CCW again then, Will. So currently you're currently the, 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 the tag team champions and your tag team partner is none other than former WWE superstar and Lucha Underground commentator Matt Stryker. So I'm really intrigued by this partnership between uh, yourself and Matt. How did you first get introduced to Matt Stryker? And uh, how did your partnership and your, your tag team with Matt first start out then? Oh, that was a, a show day thing. Just showed up and it's like, well, you're with Matt. There you go. I was like, oh, really? Because we were building to something with me and Santos. Um, I don't, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to give it away. Me and Santos were, were in a program for a little bit. And, you know, Santos, the whole thing with Santos moving away happened. And it was just pretty much one of them show days where I was still in a feud with American Horror Story. And they're like, well, you're with Matt. There you go. And coincidentally, that same match, that same night, Mick Foley introduced me to the ring. <laughs> that's incredible. That's, that's a, a, an awesome night to remember. But uh, and, and uh, tell us a bit about your, your kind of uh, professional or personal relationship with Matt. How valuable has Matt Stryker been as a, as a mentor and how valuable has he been in your career so far, would you say? Oh, Matt's, Matt's amazing. I, even outside of wrestling, he's just an amazing person, funny, uh, relatable that you can get along with him. Wrestling-wise, he will tell you why we do this in a match, dips and flows, whatever it is, um, what you can do better, why would you take something out. Um, but he's always there. He's like, oh, you could have done this, you should have done this, or whatever it is. Don't beat yourself up. This will just look a little bit better next time or something like that. He's leaps and bounds, like, helped me tremendously in just the short amount of time I've been with him. Yeah, and I suppose, like you said earlier, it, you need to try to stop yourself from being starstruck and just kind of be in the moment and, and stay professional, I suppose. 
That that that's one of those again because I showed up and Mick Foley introduced me to the ring, so yeah. I, like you can see the emotion coming out even during my entrance and everything. My craziest part of me, um, that match I didn't really have to take one bump. I got the hot tag. I got I did the 450 in front of Mick Foley. I did a dive over the top, and of course Mick Foley's seen and done it all. But just for me to do it while he's watching the whole thing going on was just a lifelong kid's dream. Oh, totally. Yeah, and, and that, as I mentioned, yourself and Matt, you're the current CCW Tag Team Champions. You've held the championship since July last year. Uh, so, so you defeated Alex Ocean and Agony for the titles back in July last year. Tell us about that moment when you uh, won the titles alongside your tag team partner, Matt Stryker. I'm guessing the tag titles, they would have been your first championships, your first taste of gold as a pro wrestler. Um, and a, a title or some championships that you hold through to today, you're still the current tag team champions. But tell us about that moment and how special it was for you to become tag team champions alongside Matt Stryker. Oh, it was amazing. Even after the three count, hit a 450, one, two, three, it didn't even feel like, it, it felt like I was still in the moment and at, all at the same time, I almost almost bursted out in tears because to me, putting a title on me feels like my coach and my owners have faith in me to carry this going forward. So it was like, that's like the tremendous, like you put a belt on me and I do anything in my power not to let you down. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And uh, uh, congrats on kind of holding the championships for so long as well, buddy. That's been an amazing achievement for yourself right. and Matt Stryker. But uh, one other match that I want to touch on is a, a successful tag team title defense that you had against, uh, I think it was a uh, kind of a three team uh, match, uh, Agony oh, and yeah. Alex Ocean. And then you had AJ, Frank and uh, Jack St. Patrick at uh, CCW's A Breaking Change show back in October last year. I'm sure you remember it very, very well. The, the match was pretty incredible to watch. Uh, there were some awesome spots where you delivered uh, some awesome high-impact moves off of the ladders, possibly the one that you was alluding to earlier on, actually. Uh, but you also got dumped over the top rope and through a table yourself outside um, at one point by Agony and Alex Ocean during that match. Tell us about that match. Tell us about the ladder spots and then being thrown over the top rope through a table in that match. You you, you did manage to retain the championships with Stryker at the end, so you were victorious, uh, but uh, a hell of a match. Tell us about some of the spots that you had to go through. Pain. One word. Just yeah. pain. Um, no, it, it honestly, probably one of the most fun matches I've ever had, the most painful matches I've ever had, and one of the most learning experiences while you're doing the match. Um, actually a spot in that match the guy I referred to earlier, Alex Ocean who broke his neck, went viral from jumping off the 20 foot ladder onto AJ Francis who's now in WWE right now in NXT um, that I gave a at one point there's a Spanish fly in there between me and Jake St. Patrick where I don't rotate all the way and almost spike myself which was scary for me um but again, you take those bumps so often, and it's like you don't feel anything mid-match. You feel it all afterwards, that it all comes to you at once, like your adrenaline wears down. Yeah. But we had a one of my favorite, my favorite, uh, all over the Spanish fly, whatever it is, my favorite move I've ever done. I gave Alex Ocean the Canadian Destroyer from a top of a ladder through a table. <laughs> I can't tell you how much pain I was in. <laughs> wow. But that, that whole match, just painful and happy. That's the only words I can describe it. Yeah, because we did retain the titles. 
Yeah, and uh, to any of my listeners, if you haven't had a chance to catch that match, please go out and, and search for it. I'm sure it's available on YouTube, and uh, that's certainly where I managed to find uh, find it. But a uh, hell of a match, and uh, and Will Austin certainly uh, goes through the ringer in that one. But uh, pretty awesome title defense. Uh, but uh, there is one thing about the match: you see me do the dive first. And right when I do, you hear Matt Stryker. He goes, how the hell are you not signed? <laughs> right away. Oh, that, I'll always remember that. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. So uh, I don't know if you caught the interview I did with Cha Cha Charlie then, Will, but uh, we spoke about many of the top names that uh, and top wrestling stars that, that come through CCW. And occasionally, you know, that they, they guest host in the, the CCW training facility to help the younger talent there. Uh, you know, just to rattle off a few names, you mentioned Mick Foley, but we've got Mick Foley down here. Billy Guns passed through CCW, Carlito, Alberto El Patron, MVP and so many more. We've spoken, obviously, about Matt Stryker because he's your tag team partner. Uh, but what does it mean to you as a younger wrestler? Um, you know, you're already making waves in the business. Uh, but to have these these superstars, these legends coming through Florida, coming through CCW, coming through the doors of the training facility to spend time with you and the other young talent there. What does it what does it mean to you? Oh, it's it's amazing. I, I soak up every bit of knowledge I can because, again, they don't have to come into Fort Lauderdale of all places in Florida. They don't have to come in and spend time with the class that they do and the, the knowledge that they teach us is you can't – you can never pay that back. Yeah. It's – again, you had Celeste Bonin come in before she made a return, which with our, which our company she made a return with. You've had – Again, Matt Stryker, Mick Foley, and just the names like around Robbie E, who's while he's in NXT, come through, um, show us some of the drills that they do for the uh, WWE tryout, actually. And just to get you, like, again, you can't learn that anywhere else unless you're in NXT, just know what they do, unless you've been through the tryout, um, which is very valuable in case ever you ever need it or anything like that. Um, also, a big one we got coming up is Conan, legendary. Yeah, big fan of Conan. He apparently he's coming with the intent to sign one of us or help us get booked on one of the big shows like Major League Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, whatever it may be, whatever he's still agenting for. But again, like names like that, like Conan, who's a legend in his business. We've had Danny D'Amato come in recently, who does uh, who used to do GCW, now he does ICW New York. Um, again, Rudy Boy Gonzalez, I can name them off, but just to come in and spend time with a class and just teach us, like you can see that our students are hungry for just the knowledge that they have we pick their brains or whatever it may be like it's we can't re we can never repay that back and i'm beyond grateful for it yeah absolutely and we've obviously spoken about your your excellent talent in the ring then will so obviously you know you're very accomplished you, you've picked it up very quickly you seem to be a bit of a natural in the ring you're definitely a natural athlete but um what about uh, kind of promos and delivering in front of a camera on a microphone? Have you, have you had much training um, in, in how to deliver a promo? And uh, how do you feel your promo skills are coming along? Um, you know, it's always going to be different between behind a camera with a live mic, with a live audience. Um, I, we did a show recently where I wrestled, but I was doing promos. I opened the show to get the crowd hot did a promo to introduce my tag partners and I did a promo right after the match where it, it's a lot different talking to the crowd than just talking to a camera. Um, I mean, you got to be able to adapt and be able to do both. Uh, obviously I need work. I, I'm not saying I'm, I'm great at promos. I, would, I, I can handle my own, especially in front of a live audience. Um, I know how to get them going. 
Um, but you know, we 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 do learn that at the CCW training facility. We learn all aspects, not only inside the ring, promo work, character work, whatever it is. Yeah, because like you say, as valuable uh, being an in-ring performer is nowadays, you know, having that character, having that uh, microphone skills is equally important, especially when you get to the, the bigger promotions. That's what they want from a wrestler, isn't it? But uh, just to touch on um, a few other names that you've been lucky enough to share a ring with then, Will. So um, you, you, your very short career. Um, you know, you, you've had some amazing matches. You've been lucky enough to share the ring with some amazing talent, as we've already explained. But uh, two of the wrestlers, two big favourites of mine. You, you, you had, a, you was in a four-way hardcore match with Sabu back in December 2018, and then you shared the ring with Shannon Moore um, again for CCW in June 2019. So two of my all-time favourite wrestlers, especially Sabu. I was a big fan of the original ECW back in the day. Tell us about your experience in the ring with these two legends and especially about that hardcore match with Sabu. I mean, that must have been pretty brutal. We spoke about the kind of the, the tag team match where you were kind of doing Canadian destroyers off of a ladder early on. But uh, this must have been a, a different kettle of fish altogether. Oh, man, this was I went into it with the wrong mindset. Just try to impress Sabu. But again, he's been through it all hardcore wise. I remember I mentioned thumbtacks. And I knew Sabu was going to stay away from me. But, of course, I ended up taking the thumbtacks. And everybody's like, oh, you're crazy for this. Yes, it, it was. I'm telling you, that was something else. That was a new experience. Um, that was actually the match that I did the Spanish fly with El Jefe off the top rope. That probably one of my favorite videos. Towards the end of the match, I remember I took the thumbtacks, got up. Sabu does his famous throws a chair in your face. And I couldn't put my hands up because my body was in shock from the thumbtacks. And right after that, he puts me through a table. Wow, absolutely well. So you, you learned a few lessons there for sure. Uh, Probably one of them not to be involved in any thumbtack matches in the future, but uh, oh. that sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Do, do you consider yourself, I mean, you're obviously a high flying wrestler, but do you consider yourself, I mean, would you like to do more hardcore matches? Is it something that interests you or something you might want to, you know, do in the future again? Oh, I would love to. Um, It just shows off my versatility that I don't, I, yes, I'm a high flyer and that's my, what I favor, but I can also go amateur style like i do with pharaoh johnson i can also go hardcore like a tlc match like i do with sabu i would love to do more hardcore matches just to show off my versatility and honestly you don't have to do too much it's more fun yeah yeah um i don't know if it, it's fun that is the word that i would describe it as uh, painful would definitely be uh, the number that one too. word on my lips um but uh, besides ccw we've spoke a lot about ccw there's a lot of other promotions around the florida area uh, some of whom you've probably wrestled for but one in particular is uh, american combat wrestling acw and you recently made your debut for those uh, in a match against uh, deathproof aaron epic if I'm not mistaken. Now, you came out on the losing end of this match. Now, it's available to watch on, on YouTube uh, if you search for it, but uh, you did make a really great impression with the fans there in, uh, in ACW, and uh, it's another kind of promotion that I'm sure will welcome you back with uh, open arms, but uh, tell us about working for ACW and against Death Proof, and uh, kind of tell us about uh, tell us about how the experience first came about, how you first got invited to wrestle for ACW, and tell us about the match as well. Well, I actually got invited to wrestle for ACW through Cha-Cha Charlie, actually. Um, I know he went up there one time, wrestled uh, Blanco Loco, and then they wanted to bring him back. And he's like, all right, well, because now what we do, we're a package deal. Me and Cha-Cha, pretty much whatever you do, I get booked, he brings me, or vice versa. Um, 
But yeah, I got booked through Cha Cha, and the promoter was real high on me. He again gave me Aaron Epic my first time there. Um, I showed up, and a couple of like the the cruiserweight wrestlers were, "Oh, give me Will Austin, give me Will Austin." I'm like, "Oh, we've already done that, like Spot Fest, whatever maybe." And I remember the promoter going, "Oh, he's getting tested tonight against Aaron." So, and I knew Aaron, I knew his name. I didn't really see much of him, but apparently he has like 10 plus years experience. And psychology wise, he I I would say he's a genius in the ring. It was it was also one of them crowds that like you know they've seen everything because again they run every Wednesday. They bring in so many fresh talent that they there's not many that they haven't seen move wise. So it's it was something for me to a wild them again like I did. No, awesome. And it was a really good match and it is available. I think it's available on Cha Cha Charlie's YouTube page if anybody wants to go out and, and search that out. But uh, uh, another thing we spoke about off air then, Will, uh, you, you did have uh, you did dip your toe into the waters of MLW. Um, so uh, I think we spoke off air and it, it was a, a battle role that you were involved in. Uh, what, MLW, you know, one of the one of the uh, bigger independent promotions uh, stateside. Uh, so tell us about how that all came about and your experience with with MLW. It, it may just have been a, a battle rule, but you must have been pretty pumped and pretty psyched to have been part of that experience. Oh, that's one of those you show up and you know, like you're about to get taken to another level. It it was amazing. Um, we all that all went through American Top Team again. I'm a part of American Top Team with John Hartnett, Blake Bowman, and King Mo. And King Mo retired from MMA action, and they signed him the, the very next day to MLW. And he said, I'm coming with American Top Team. These are my guys. And brought us along for the, and there was a battle royal that night. And I, everyone says I quote unquote died in the ring. I gave Richard Holiday a super kick. And then I go to give him a step up Rana. And he catches me and just drills me through the ring with a powerball. Wow. Wow. Uh, that sounds pretty cool. Um, but uh, any any kind of plans to do something similar with MLW in the, in the future? Was it just a, a one and done deal? Um, you know, did you have any contacts there or looking out for you and possibly might invite you back? Um, right now, it was a one and done. Um, our contact will go through is King Mo. They're very high on him right now. And plus, they're bringing in Dan Lambert, the owner of ATT and me being a part of ATT, the wrestling group. Um, I would love to come back. But again, also... MLW is not the only option. You have Impact out there. You have a lot of other, you know, so I, w- I would love to go back to MLW. But again, there's other alternatives. Yes, yes. most definitely. Most definitely. So looking at your your career to this point, uh, and I know it's only been uh, just not even two years. So uh, coming up two years in July, you've packed a lot into those two years where you really have. But what would you say was, was probably some of or maybe the most proudest moment that you've had as a pro wrestler in your career up until now then? Proudest moment, I would probably say the TLC match, just because of every element that went on. We had Alex go viral. We had all of my spots. On top of that, we learned so much from Matt and I would say I got a couple, actually. I would say him. I would say I had an Ironman match with Santos that he is a phenomenal worker that, again, psychology-wise, not only in the ring, that he knows what he's doing at all times. Um, just knowing just the people you get to be in the ring with is priceless. Like, again, Shannon Moore taught me so much during the match, after the match, and that was another big one for me that, again, you show up day of and you're like, oh, you get Shannon Moore. I'm just like, okay. But I already know, like, but before, middle, and after, you're going to learn so much from them, which I did, which I am greatly appreciated. Um, 
My proudest moment, I would probably say, though, would probably be the Carlito match. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was one of your first matches. You were fresh on the scene um, and uh, being involved in a match, being able to share a ring with Carlito. And like you say, he was uh, one of your, your kind of heroes growing up. You remember that kind of scene where he spat the apple into John Cena's face when John Cena just made his debut. But uh, pretty cool moments, pretty cool moments. And like I say, you just barely two years into the business i'm sure there's going to be many many more highlights and many more things to be proud of in the future um but uh, at, the, at the top of the the show where we we kind of introduced you and uh, you've been called by some of your peers the future of the business so how does it make you feel when you have you know, your your fellow colleagues your peers kind of compliment you in such a way i mean uh you know <laughs> When compliments like this are given given to you and you know shared shared to you like that, I mean, it must make you feel you know quite humble and uh, honoured to have them sort of opinion shared about yourself. Oh, of course, hum humble, honoured. It's exact words, um, and especially who they're coming from. The guys that I wrestle with are, I honestly feel, some of our higher level than me, which is for me to say that you know, and if it's coming from them, that is like. And I feel I haven't again less than two years, and I haven't even really got started yet. That what I what I know what's coming up in the near future, and what's long term is mind blowing to me. Yeah, but uh, you know, from what I've seen of you, you know, you, you've got a, a great attitude, a fantastic move set. You know, you've already shared the ring with some legends of the business. Um, and uh, I think, you know, the future is definitely there for the take. And I think you've got a very, very bright future, most definitely. But uh, look, looking ahead to kind of we're in 2020 now, Will, you know, you've got the rest of 2020 ahead of you. But uh, what, what are some of your plans and some of your goals for the remainder of this year? And uh, do you have you, your sights set on any any singles championships, maybe, or any promotions that you'd like to work for or any wrestlers in particular uh, that you'd like to you know work with or against? in 2020 oh of course um championship wise whichever one's there for the take and especially right now in coastal championship i would say the heavyweight championship um we have a, actually have a casket match the same show i'm main eventing they're gonna do a world title casket match um and then right after that i want i want it right next um wrestling wise i'm already again like people who's not even legends like i've got to wrestle people like i don't know if you know uh serpentico which that was a that was one of those like I needed that match uh, as a big step in my career. Um, going forward, like companies, any company that will take me, I'm debuting in Chicago in October, um, which is which is pretty cool for me. The promoter is like, "Yo, we like your look, we want you." I was like, "I'm there." Um, but company wise, any company, I'm I'm ready to go impress anywhere. You know, I got a lot of good stuff lined up. People-wise, people-wise, realistically, I just whoever comes next. Like I, I don't go asking for super crazy. I again, I get rewarded him. That's what it is. Um, whoever wants to come, step up next. Yeah. Have you had a, a singles match against Charlie yet? That would be pretty interesting. We haven't. We haven't even. I don't even think we've done much in practice with each other. We haven't. We. It's one of those like they keep us away from each other. <laughs> Is just because you once once you put us in the same ring, you know what's going to happen from from what he does and from what I do. Oh, it's going to be fireworks. It's going to be absolute fireworks when you two get in the ring. But that will be a main event pretty much anywhere, getting you 